0: Hi, my name is Philip Mendoza-Fieda.
1: Hi, I'm Max Vaitsman. You're listening to the App Canary podcast right now, brought to you by App Canary. Yeah, there's lots of security podcasts. Why are we starting ours?
0: We're starting ours because we figured somehow that this would be less work than like uh, salting away in the content minds.
1: So, we're making this podcast. We're
0: making this podcast. Hello, anyone who's listening, this is the inaugural App Canary podcast. Thank you all four of you listening to this. Uh, it warms both of our hearts to know that you are up there. Got a great show for you guys this week. It's wonderful, just like amazing show. I
1: hope that if you're like into ASMR, I hope that our voice
0: is satisfied. So, recently, a bunch of unauthenticated MongoDBs got owned, Max. Yeah. Um, tell me
1: more like 27 or 28,000 instances and this was like last week when I read this article so who knows how many more it is. So uh, I should probably start by describing the concept of ransomware. Ooh. So ransomware is malware like a malicious program or virus that um, the way that it monetized. So usually the way that like malware is monetized is you like create a botnet that you then sell to other people to like spam. Like if you know you sell DDoS as a service. A generation or, ago. Yeah, a generation <laughs> ago. Or you'd have something like Zeus that like figures out ways of like stealing your banking credentials and then robbing your bank account. Some
0: keylogger that yeah. sits there, so you infect all these like zo- uh, all these shitty unpatched Windows XP boxes, yeah. and you have this like zombie army that you can deploy and sell for other things, but now we have ransomware.
1: And the reason that we have ransomware is that we have Bitcoin. Yeah. It's not just that you have Bitcoin, it's that like, pretty much anybody that can use a computer can figure out how to buy Bitcoin. And so now you have the ability to like, get money from individuals without them having to like, go to a like, Western Union, whatever Fire, the fuck or that like, is. However
0: the 4-on-5 yeah. scammers work. Though. Yeah,
1: so you have, it's, it's like a lot more direct to get money from individuals. And so the way that ransomware works is that, you know, you get a piece of malware, and then it just, like, deletes every file that you have. And it's like, hey, do you ever want to see these pictures of your grandchildren again? Well, it encrypts
0: them. Well, Yeah,
1: so So one way, I mean, one way is to delete and back it up, obviously. You encrypt it. Um, You're like, do you ever want to see them again? They're all gone, but we can restore them for you. Uh, Just pay us. Which,
0: a slight tangent here, Mm. but, like, if I think about all the ways that... Bitcoin has affected or impacted my life. Mm-hmm. It's been, like, now there's a preponderance of, like, libertarian, kind of douchey dudes who, like, will blather at me, and I'm slightly afraid of ransomware. I've never bought Bitcoin. I've, I've looked into it. I once spent a glorious mm-hmm. um, Christmas break mining uh, Dogget coin.
1: Nice. Did you get any?
0: I got, like, a few, and it was great, because, like, for, like, that one month, it seemed like we are is poised to take over the world, and, like, I have broader, like, specific... Bones to pick with the notion of an
1: inflationary versus a deflationary currency. I have bones to pick with you for not pronouncing a Dogecoin, but we'll drop that one.
0: Anyways, so ransomware. This is like a thing that people now do because you can now semi-anonymously, semi-anonymously send people money and people figure out like shitty ways to use that fact.
1: Yeah, you're right. It is like the direct consequence of like... This, like, libertarian dream of, like, having money, having some sort of currency that's, like, entirely disconnected from, like, government or any sort of police force. In theory. And it's not just that, like, oh, man, this is great. We can, like, buy and sell all the drugs on the Internet. We can just run mafia-like scams and extract money from individuals.
0: Okay. So now we have one way to monetize, like, evil schemes.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's ransomware. And, you know, you go after individuals with the photos of their grandchildren. There was, like, a very, very effective campaign just against hospitals.
0: Yeah, I've been Um, reading about
1: that. And, like, you know, it's not photos. It's, like, patient records, and it's, like, the ability of the hospital machinery to continue operating. And at that point, you have lives at stake. So you're not going to, like, negotiate. Like, you can't. You just have to pay it. Right. And we've moved on up the chain from sort of, like, regular old, like, users of unpatched Windows XP to large hospital networks, and now we're up to, like, the pinnacle of the computer user chains, which is developers. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's an accurate um, perception.
1: Yeah. We're, we're going after the apex predator, which is, I guess, MongoDB users. So what happens is that if you just, like, install MongoDB, it's just going to listen, you know, as they say, all ports. Oh, my Excuse God, some
0: people's machines? It wasn't, like, servers. No, these are servers. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So ransomware went up, the proficiency of, like, the the skilled user mm-hmm. chain, right, We start with, like, quote, unquote, like, brando Windows XP, and then IT administrators, and then finally, like... Somewhat sophisticated startups of some stripe or another. People whose job it is to worry about this stuff. Like, IT administrators are like, hey, your email needs to work. But, like, at this level, it's just like, no, your fucking job is making sure
1: that this server keeps ticking. The whole point of MongoDB is that it's, like, very, very easy to set up. And you can, like, very, very quickly build on it.
0: It makes you really agile and fast. So Mongo is like this database that became popular a few years ago.
1: So there is now some ransomware um, that just like, you know, they scan the internet for these Mongos, um, they find them, you log in, you like just steal all the data, you encrypt all the data, or you just like pull it off and delete it, Mm -hmm. um, and then you demand Bitcoin. That's bad. That's super bad. That's terrible. Uh, Some of the people report that even after they paid, like the data was never like backed up. Because that's expensive. It was just deleted. And so they paid and got nothing. So you don't negotiate with terrorists. You know, even Honor Among Thieves can't survive, like, the high-stakes world of uh, 21st century cyber capitalism. But on the other hand, like, people shoot themselves in the foot when they do that. Because that will
0: collapse the market. It's kind of like, you know when you ever try to find content on the internet for you to watch while you're bored? And you just type it into Google and it shows up. And there's these random streaming sites. And they have all these ads. And you have to, like, know which red X to click on to close the ad which is a skill unto itself. But some of these sites don't actually have the content after they show you all the ads. It's just
1: a broken like, oh no, we don't have the video. There's awesome. only so many times you can pull that off. It's kind of like being kidnapped. It's like even if you know with a 50% chance that all kidnappers are going to like execute their victim even if you pay them off, you're still going to really want to pay them off in the off chance that they won't kill your uh, your relative. Maybe. But like if this happened to us tomorrow
0: Right, I'd be like... Well,
1: that's because we have backups.
0: Right. And if we didn't have backups... Right, I mean, like,
1: if you have if you have backups... That would be bad. If you... So, actually, uh, I wrote this article about what you should do...
0: That by the time this podcast comes out, you should be able to
1: read on a wonderful website called com. Correct. Step one, have backups. Have backups somewhere else. And always test your backups. Like, if you've never tested the fact that your backups work... You don't have backups. You don't have backups. Which is a good uh, transition to what I actually wrote about, which is that if you've never tested that your firewall works, you don't have a firewall. And the problem here is like ideally like when you set up this like MongoDB server, you firewalled it so that only your like um, application server can access it. And you're like, this is great. I have MongoDB. It's not listening to the world. No one can touch it except my application server. We're good to go. You also probably put some authentication on it, but maybe you forgot about that if you're like one of these victims but how do you know that your firewall works
0: well, screw that like you should just not have anything there should be almost like nothing that that should be listening on for external connections like everything should be binding on local hosts except for like port 80 and port like 25 for yeah, well that's if
1: you that's if you're, that's if your database is on the same machine as your website. even your web- then
0: that should even even that should be like probably VPN or it should be some internal IP. Like, you should be only listening for that one IP, right? Like you Yeah, that's exactly what it. I'm saying. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. Is you should only be, yes, you should only be accepting connections from your virtual private network mm-hmm. of your, like, other servers, and, like, ideally only that one IP. Yeah. 100% true. You need to verify this, and you verify this by port scanning. You should regularly, so you should run a program that is called a port scanner, which just, like, given some IPs, looks at what ports are listening and you should be testing that the stuff that's accessible to the world is, like, only HTTP and HTTPS and maybe SSH. And if there's something else, like, you either, like, you should know about it because, you know, you have some kind of service that requires having another port open to the world, or you messed up. This is kind of the philosophy
0: that we, like, we undertook when we started, started our startup, and that, like, one, there's a handful of, like, verifiable things that I can guarantee you yeah. uh, that are like basic check marks that can start with, right? So like, our thesis is that like, I can't tell you that there are no bugs hiding in your software even after I've spent like, m- an entire lifetime looking through it, but I can guarantee you that you're not running known vulnerable software. Yeah, And so similarly, and we've been talking about extending this to like, our whole plan of this is to ex- extend a whole suite of features, right? Like, where you have to verify these things, right? Like, I can tell you that you should not have any ports open other than SSH and HTTP and HTTPS, right? And you should just check that, because you often don't know what's happening. Computers change. Like, they're made to be really good at, like, mutating state. Hypothetically, Docker and immutable uh, deployments should, like, in theory, change this, but you need to check, right? Like, you just need to verify these very simple things.
1: Yeah, you should be continuously making sure that things are behaving the way that you want them to behave. It's almost like a trust but verify thing. So normally th- people use trust by verif- but verify to mean something totally different. But for me, it's like you should be, you have security policies, you have procedures, and you should trust them. But part of what we do is we help you verify them and make sure that, like your little universe that you're, like, king or queen of is behaving the way that you expect it to be, in theory.
0: Um, yeah, and hopefully that's, like, a valuable way of, of looking at it. Trust, but verifying this case refers to, like, certificate chains, right?
1: Um, yeah, I actually looked this up, and it's apparently it's from, like, an old Russian uh, uh, quote that was told to... Uh, it wasn't Kissinger, but it was... Like, this is, yeah, this comes from, like, the Cold War. Right. но проверяйте. So, it has, a, it has a rhyme in, uh, in Russian.
0: Right, trust but verify rhymes in Russian? Yeah. Say
1: that again. но That's amazing. Yeah. That feels like such a Russian attitude, too. It's like... I can see that being, like, Putin's worldview.
0: So, in the Cold War, what was the context exactly? Yeah.
1: I, I looked at the Wikipedia page... It's just gone. We'll never know. It's gone. Uh, Google it yourselves. Great. Amazing. Uh, what do we have left on the agenda? Uh, opacity, which opacity. Is,
0: I, I'm really excited to talk about. It. So you
1: found this paper. How the Machine Thinks, Understanding Opacity in Machine Learning Algorithms, and it's by Jenna Burrell, and it was from a publication called the Big Data and Society, which I think is a great name for a journal.
0: So like this has been coming up a lot recently as algorithms kind of take over mm-hmm. um, every facet of our lives, where... An algorithm will decide how much credit you're allowed to have. An algorithm will decide uh, what bits of news to show you. An algorithm might even, like, facilitate the selection of your mate uh, if you ever do online dating. Less so with Tinder, but, like, back in the OkCupid days, right? Like, an algorithm scored me and my partner's, like, compatibility rating. And based on that... And? It was great. Extremely, there was right on, you know, top notch, right? They did a great job. But, like, there was a number attached to, like, how well we would get Mm -hmm. along, right? And um, these are kind of, like, the easy algorithms. Yeah. Because these are, like, relatively deterministic. But where, like, shit gets real fucked up is now with uh, the preponderance of machine learning algorithms. Where um, we just don't know what's going on, right? And so Jenna Burrell, in her paper, describes uh, three kinds of opacity in algorithms. Mm -hmm. One is that opacity as an intentional corporate or state secrecy. Another one is opacity as a form of technical illiteracy. And finally, opacity that arises from the nature of machine learning algorithms themselves, right? And so through in the paper, she kind of, like, investigates what mm-hmm. these different kinds of opacity are.
1: Did you read the stuff from ProPublica about the recidivism scoring um, algorithms? No. They have this, like, machine learning algorithm that, like... I don't know what the, like, it takes all the data about you and it, like, gives the probability that you will be a recidivist. Hmm. So if you're, like... If you'll commit another
0: crime. If you'll you'll commit another
1: crime. So if you're, like, before a court in, like, the states that have, like, bought this software one of the things that the judge gets in order to decide your sentence is, like, a printout from this, like, machine that says, uh, for the crime of, like, shoplifting, based on our understanding of Philip and Vera, he's, like, likely to shoplift again with a 70% confidence.
0: That's fucked up. Um,
1: that's super fucked up.
0: I mean, it's not that different from, like, before you'd go up for some panel and then they would write this report themselves and be, like, this person, in our opinion, is, like, too brown yeah. to, like, be trustworthy. Therefore, well, he's likely to, like, Commit another crime, right? It's funny that
1: you say that, because it turns out that this machine learning algorithm is, like, as racist as the parole board ever was.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Uh, right? Like, that, that is, like, the, the meat of this ProPublica article, is that, like, it takes all these factors, and it puts them in this black box, and, like, actually, what that black box does is, like, I mean... I, Encode
0: all of our existing yeah. biases and, like, racist systemic issues into, like, a judgment.
1: But but it has this veneer of it's not like Bubba from Arkansas that is like racist against black people. It's this machine, which is scarier because like you can't argue. Computer says no. Like you can't argue with the computer.
0: And so, kind of the point that uh, this article kind of brings up is like it's investigating the ways in which these decisions are like totally opaque to us, mm-hmm. right? So, the first kind is the nature of like what Google says when uh, people ask how like the, the ranking works. Google will not tell you uh, the steps it takes to decide that this mm-hmm. article should be the first link, this article should be the second, because they argue that uh, if they release so much information, it will just be gained by, by spammers, mm-hmm. right? And so there's some kind of security through obscurity because, like, designing these adversarial systems too hard,
1: and so we're not going to release it because, right? Yeah. And so... Sorry, to just like, an even more pertinent example to maybe what our audience will be as the source code for Hacker News is uh, open, but a lot of the code that deals with like their moderation stuff and how they like uh, decide what gets to the front page is like the secret sauce. Right, it's not, and they it's won't release that code right. because it's too hard to compete in that environment, yeah, right? Like, it's, it's
0: easier to have some element of obscurity to it, yeah. right? And so a lot of people take this interpret and be like, "Well, what else aren't you telling us?" Yeah,
1: yeah which I mean, is like
0: a very fair criticism, I think. <laughs> be like, "Yes, of course you won't tell us like things that are don't make you look good, right?" The other kind of a passe that, mm-hmm. that she mentions is technical illiteracy, where you have to be a programmer to understand these algorithms, mm-hmm. which is, like, fair, straightforward. I've listened to some radio program where they're talking about, I think it was, like, uh, Theory of Everything, mm-hmm. where he's asking people to construct, like, mental models of what's happening on Facebook when you mm-hmm. like something. You know when you, you put up a status on Facebook yeah. and no one likes it, and it looks like no one's ever fucking read it? Yeah. And it turns out that's because, like, Facebook made some kind of decision. For a lot of people, this is news. Like, they didn't understand that Facebook was making these decisions, uh, or that they would be making these decisions. That's more of a media illiteracy than necessarily programming illiteracy, but, like, even as a response to the first point of, like, we're not showing this to you because uh, it's our secret sauce, but even if we were to show it to you, most people wouldn't be able to understand because the decision procedures are written in code. And finally, I think this is the one that's like, mm-hmm. one, companies or, or governments don't want to tell you what they know in the first place. Number two, even if they did tell you, average Joe Blow might not would not be able to understand it, right? Like, who the fuck knows what this is doing? Uh, so there's a certain level of, like, technical literacy. Where sure. I'm, I'm only theoretically able to understand what these things are doing. But then you have, like, the deeper issue where... By the very nature of these algorithms, it is impossible for us to extract a causational narrative as to why to reach that decision right and that's the really interesting one that's that's the really yeah that's that's the extra steps like even the third kind of opacity is mm-hmm. that like even if you did understand everything that it's doing, by the very nature of how these things work, mm-hmm. we are unable to explain the decisions that they reach at. It's like being able to like you have like a five year old that when you show it pictures it says, This is a car, this is a flower, this is a dog, right? And you're like, but Jim you know, Jimmy, tell me exactly what of this you know, it's like yeah. it's just unknowable. It just it just says gives you the answer. You can like see the values of certain of its neurons. Quite literally. That's a literal example in this case, right? Uh, you can be like, oh, this neuron here fired when this stimuli came in. But you have no fucking idea what the fuck's going on. I can't just be like, this is a straight line here. And because this straight line was black, and because it was in a perpendicular yeah. angle. No, it's just like, there's this field of bits that, when excited, uh, emerge with an answer. And that's, a lot of the times the only thing we can tell you. This paper is interesting, because, like, I was aware of these distinctions, and, like, we've talked about this a lot, because, um, the way this has become really relevant in the end of 2016 and 2017 is the ongoing battle for uh, hashtag fake news. Yes. And I got an argument, I remember, clearly, we're driving through Ohio on election, the day after the election, and we're all really depressed. Everyone on Twitter is just mourning, which is yeah. just this bizarre, like, thousands of people just, like, being, like, really depressed. But I got into some argument with someone on Twitter over Facebook's role in this. Turns out a lot of people were just being fed straight bullshit in, like, industrial quantities, and Facebook did nothing because like, right. Facebook profits by your attention on Facebook, so everything was looking good from their perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You're spending more time on Facebook. So they're, like, they're not incentivized. Nowhere in, like, the how they make money tells them to give a flying fuck about, like, what exactly you're looking at, mm-hmm. so long as you're looking at Facebook, right? And so... Therefore, Facebook was perfectly happy to pump through all this bullshit. It was, like, not a system designed imagining that someone would be adversarial against it, right? And you can kind of see mm-hmm. this in, related, like, Google, Google search suggestions, where you start typing in, like... You type in, like, Hitler,
1: and it's, like, it's a, if you type in, is Hitler, it's like, it's like, is Hitler a good guy? Yeah, something like that, or, like, like you start typing in Holocaust,
0: and, like, it suggests Holocaust is fake, right? Yeah. Because, like, people, shitty people with shitty intentions... Uh, decided to attack the system in ways that the people who designed it did not predict. I don't think Sergey or Larry at any point, like, 15 years ago, were like, hmm, I want to build a machine that enables people to deny the Holocaust.
1: How do you uh, inject Holocaust didn't happen into Google autocomplete? I don't fucking know. Because it's also partially, like, I do think that, like, outside of being actively malicious, like, it is just a fact that there are more people that are interested in Holocaust denial, than people that believe the Holocaust happened that want to read a lot about it. Probably. The huge conspiracy story is, like, because it's novel and it's, like, different... It's a to be take, so to speak. Yeah, it's uh, very similar to, like, yeah.
0: all these other things that, like, Teen Internet wants to propagate to the top yeah. of the attention. Be, like, something fresh. A lot of people are talking
1: a lot about it. Like, the most interesting stuff is, like... Everybody always thought that the world was X, but actually it's Y. Like, that's a formula for, like, a lot of these, like, viral clickbaity content. Totally. Uh, which is, like, what conspiracy theories are.
0: My argument here mm-hmm. about Facebook's role in this is the point where they assumed responsibility for deciding what you see. And by this I mean well, Facebook actively curates... What which of your friends' content shows up. In-
1: and they they use humans for, like, a lot of curation, too. I'm getting there. Sorry, I made you Yeah, mind. no, no, but it's more like,
0: when I log in, yeah. and, like, this is something that pisses me off, where someone that I met at a party in university, uh, I get to know a lot about, the, like, their details, mm. but, like, Facebook's not smart enough to know that I give more of a shit about these, like, five friends of mine that I've known for, like, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so I routinely miss out information that, like, my, my dear closest friends post in favor of, like, stuff that, like, someone I met recently
1: posted. Yeah.
0: But, like, the reason for this is because Facebook is making these decisions. Contrast is to Twitter. Like, a lot of fake news gets posted on Twitter, but for, like, dumb, normal human reasons that are, like, not quite the same industrial scale necessarily. Mm. Uh, Because, like, I follow my friends, and my friends follow certain kinds of news. There's, like, the normal, messy, humanish web of, like competing interests that like feeds news into me right right? whereas like Facebook is literally this inhuman black box that like doesn't really care who in my circle of friends I find
1: reputable or not right and it's also not always your friends right because like you're not doing this, but, like, if you start liking, like, media pages, Facebook will show you articles. Exactly. Right? Which, like, I don't really use Facebook that way. No. And I don't like think exhausting. that you do. No.
0: Uh, but... I get a lot of news off Facebook, but because people shared it. But, yeah. yeah.
1: You, you can get, like, this, like, stuff directly, where it's, like, you followed, like, you know, Patriot Radio or whatever, and it's just going to start telling you about...
0: Dumping all this stuff in your lap, right? Yeah. In a way that doesn't really happen, I think, on, like, Twitter, or to a smaller extent before... They recently ruined Instagram, but because until recently Instagram was like a chronological feed that, like, if you scroll, you scrolled until you saw everything. But now they start doing the same thing where they decide what to show you, which is infuriating because, like, almost everyone I follow on Instagram is people I give a shit about. And I like I don't really follow celebrities that I only need to check every now and then. But the point of all this is that like Facebook is displaying an intentionality towards mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah, and if Facebook was able to like mass, a vast army of, like, uh, oppressed workers in the Philippines to scrub it of, like, uh, violent content, we could make them give a shit about, like, fake news. Yeah. Right? Like, this is, like, a problem that can be solved by, like, two ways, right? Like, either abdicate the responsibility for, like, uh, making that, Mm those curatorial decisions, right? Just, like, here's just, like, a pile of garbage and you're free to sort through it, which is what Twitter does and what Instagram used to do. Or, like, you take some responsibility for, like, the stuff that you're sharing, maybe, which is, like, way trickier, but...
1: I think that there's an important point here, and it sort of goes back to... It goes back to the opacity thing, and I think it's because that third kind of opacity... It's often used in arguments by people that should know better. Because if, if I remember, like, that argument is that you were like, Facebook should be responsible for this fake news, and whoever you were talking to was like, no, but, like, it's so hard, like, how can they even know? And the it's, thing,
0: its inherently unknowable.
1: But the thing about it is, is that in order to have like Facebook disfavor so-called fake news, you don't actually need to have a transparent algorithm, even to Facebook's engineers, right? Like, if they have, and like I don't know how Facebook does your feed, but supposing it's some like super unknowable machine learning algorithm with like lots and lots of like layers and their like deep learning networks that like nobody can understand. It's not like they need to, like, understand what their algorithm is doing in order to tweak it to not show you so-called fake news. It's that they need to, like, train it with a bunch of fake news. And, like, the thing about it is that, like, what the argument here is, like, whether this stuff is as detectable as spam. And I'm not sure. I think that, like, especially now that fake news has become a Trump talking point. Right. 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 Uh, it's like it's like a pretty complicated thing to it's unravel. Really,
0: really I think is the word.
1: People yeah, use. yeah, that's that's probably the correct word. But like, if your goal is to you know because it was not the case that Pope Francis uh, endorsed Donald Trump, and you don't want people to be shown on Facebook that that happened because it didn't happen, you can start with like the same techniques that we use for spam. The way they think about machine learning. Is that so? Anything that you can do like unconsciously, um, we can sort of solve with machine learning. Anything that you can, any decision that you can make in like under a second, right. we can solve with machine learning. And the goal of machine learning is to like expand that like delta of like how long it takes a human to do. In the same way that like if you show me an email, I can decide very quickly whether it's spam or not just right. by like kind of looking at it. If you show me that website that like looks like ABC News but isn't ABC News, you know what I mean? Like when you see those fake news sort websites, of, also, you can like, tell.
0: You're also like a hyper literate. You consume a lot more media than the average person. I think.
1: Sure, and I, but I, but I've developed this ability to like in the same way that like when I'm shown um, spam, I can tell it.
0: I saw I saw counter examples to this just yesterday, where it was like some astroturfing uh, hard right wing uh, web media site. Because mm-hmm. normally, normally you could smell these things a mile apart, because like right next to their really racist and vile content, yeah. they also have ads about how like seniors should invest all their money in gold. Yeah. This place, no, it was slick. It felt like some new publication that was launched, like Bumble or something, or like mm-hmm. uh, Huffington Post if it was done in 20, 2015 2016, right? It was just like slick, well-designed, good typography. It did not look like it was like trying to scam seniors out of everything. Mm-hmm. And the middle of it was just like had this like, the seven things you need to know about black and black crime, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like complete garbage. Because, you know, I read through it. I was arguing with someone on Reddit. And they're like, oh, yeah, but, like, you know, you should read this article. And I read through it,
1: and it was just like, this is terrible. Like, it was just all lies. It was just complete bullshit, right? But I, when I took a right. step back, I was like, what the fuck is this website? But that was an exception. I can write you spam that gets through, like, right. Gmail spam filters. too. Just saying two. that that's,
0: like, um, a like, uh, false positive or whatever.
1: Yeah, for, like, the majority of these, like, Macedonian teenage... Yeah, okay buy gold, uh, like, whatever, Pope Francis endorses Trump. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't actually need this, like, model of the outside world and of what is true and not true. Okay. Unfortunately, like, I don't super want to say that this is, like, my opinion as to what should be done and what is a good idea because I think that it is... Exactly the kind of like apolitical Silicon Valley solutionism <laughs> that I generally hate. <laughs> uh, but like, if if you're for, for a first stab, like you can get pretty far by just like re-implementing Spam Assassin against websites. That's yeah. an interesting theory. I think for me, my conclusion was more like more
0: expensive, maybe, mm. and that like I don't want to advocate. I I don't know if Facebook should be responsible for hashtag fake news. Mm. I don't know what decisions they should be taking. But like, there's this recent kerfuffle on Twitter where they realized that. Uh, You can place a discriminatory housing ad because there's some attributes that correlate to race and there's some, like...
1: Can you, like, specifically choose race? No, I don't think so. You can be, like,
0: white-ish or non-white or something like that. Okay. There's some, like, race-ish. There's something that correlates precisely with race. You can target neighborhoods. You can effectively discriminate by race in a way that, like, is illegal in the States for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And so there's, like, a lot of hand-wringing over what exactly this means, should this be allowed, etc. And the way I'm tying all this together is, like, I don't know what should be done, but I think that, like, we should be able to to test these propositions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we study unknowable black boxes all the time. It's called, like, sociology or economics or, like, anything that studies, like, what the fuck is going on with the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where we have this, like, angry black box that Give take, have some random input and it has some random output and we try to draw inferences about what the fuck is going on because we can't examine the insides of it. Yeah. Right? We don't need to be able to like look at the wires to see how it's wired up because we do this all the time. Right? Yeah. Like, it's called like almost every other fucking field of study that's not like math, computer science. And so we should just grab like a crack team of sociologists and put them in front of this and be like okay,
1: figure out what it's doing. But I don't think I mean I don't think that's even important to figure out what it's doing. I think it's more important for us to like decide what the social good is. Like it's I not think that, that's a related question right, like I, I don't need like there are these like credit algorithms that like decide whether you're worthy of credit or not and like I don't care so much as to know what they actually are doing in so much that I want oh this is that, that was actually a really good point um, that was brought up in this article. I think credit was the example yeah, where right. they don't use machine learning because they can't be black boxes. They need to be introspective. Right. The other example is driving. Um, self-driving cars are not using machine learning because people's like lives are in danger.
0: And so you have to be able to have like have a narrative for it. Like I yeah, mean, you
1: have to be able to understand what's going on. Huh.
0: Um, right. It can't it can't have some weird edge case yeah. where like it just flips out. All you, ha- you have you have to trust spiral. it. Like
1: you need to have assertions of safety. Right. Um, like in order to have like like just be able to like certify that something is safe having this, like, black box that you can't really explain, just does not fly. That's actually, uh, if you remember uh, Geohot, famous internet hacker, uh, Geohot. pivoted
0: like, from hacking the PS3 to, like, building a self-driving yeah. car.
1: Yeah. His narrative, his, like, pitch was that uh, all of these, like, engineers at Google and Tesla and, like, Uber or whatever that are making these self-driving cars are fucking stupid because they're not using machine learning and I'm smart and I just built a machine learning algorithm and look at how awesome it is. And he was right that, like, he did manage to, like, very quickly build a machine learning algorithm that can drive a car in this, like, you know, the, like, 80% of, like, good cases. The problem is, like, getting that thing to 100%. Right. And I guess that business is, like, stopped selling the device they were going to sell because the California uh, Traffic Safety Administration was like, hey, guys, can you, like, demonstrate your device to us? And he was like, No. Fuck you. You can't stop me from being a capitalist. I'm leaving. I'm going to sell this in China. Wow. Um, that's that story. California imperialism. That wraps us up for today.
0: Thank you for listening to our very first episode. You can find out more information about the App Canary podcast at the site podcast.appcanary.com. My name is Philip Mendoza-Fiero. I'm Max Evaitsman. And this episode was produced by Katie Jensen.